Today's episode of the Gaucho 9 Podcast is postseason edition of the Gaucho 9 Podcast is brought to you by Kyle's Kitchen. Great friends over there at Kyle's Kitchen. Great burgers and salads. This episode also brought to you by a guy with a truck, Junk Removal. My friend Chase found a base at one job, and he said, Kev, would you like a bass, a bass guitar? I said, yes, and now I have the bass guitar. That's some of the great things that you can find as a junk removal guy. So if you need an old bass that doesn't work anymore or junk, you can hit up a guy with a truck, junk removal, 805-689-1413 to have that stuff taken care of. Free, no obligation, quote, licensed and insured in Santa Barbara and Ventura counties. All right, Gauchos are moving on to the Tucson Regional to play Oklahoma State. Gauchos are the three seed in there with Arizona and Grand Canyon as well. So we have an interview with associate head coach Matt Fontino talking about the year, previewing a little bit of the regional that starts on Friday at 1 p.m., Cowboys and Gauchos, and then uh, sit down with UCSB Analytics to discuss the Bakersfield Series and pass out some awards for uh, the four-game sweep that the Gauchos had this past weekend and then preview the teams that we'll see in the regional. And, of course, we will start off with a highlight package from the weekend. Four wins against Bakersfield. Gauchos finished 39-18. and 18. All right, let's get to the highlights and then Matt and then UCSB Analytics here on this episode of the Gaucho 9 Pod. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one-strike pitching. Mitchell belts this to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He's at the track. He's at the wall. He leaps at the wall, and this one is out of here. Christian Curley. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? John Newman wins it for the Gauchos. In the score is two. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Big West. Casillas, the shortstop, and the pitch chops slowly up the third baseline. That's going to be McGreevy making the throw, and a nice stretch. Good footwork by Johnson at first base. After a little miscommunication between roommates, Aang and McGreevy, and that is one of the strengths of Kyle Johnson is his defense. Yeah, that was an outstanding play. To stay on the bag like that was pretty special right there. I mean, height certainly helps. But that's agility and great footwork right there. Outstanding play by Kyle Johnson. And this is hit. And a diving stop, Johnson at first. The flip to Benbrook in time. A web gem from Kyle Johnson at first, who has been solid over there at first base. Let's get another look. Solid is an understatement. That is an in-between hop. That's where the left-handed first baseman pays off right there but that is just that's just a big league play right there he's now coaching this is at the left center new left fielder curtly hustling over and he makes a diving catch (laughs) of course he did (laughs) oh and i was and i was speculating if christian played the outfield all year turns out he did and he made turns out he, he yeah. remembers how to make uh, make plays. Yeah, that was a Jim Edmonds catch right there. Christian Curley flashing the leather. Rob's Grossman of potentially extra bases. Gaucho's swinging the sticks. 
and doing well with the gloves. They lead it 5-2. We'll go to the bottom of the sixth. Flame. That's an that extremely really important position. It always will be. And he's played it extremely well based on those numbers. And that's, that was a really nice play, right? That's yes. a high level two. Rodriguez hits this out to left center. This could get down, and it does. Past the dive of Charles. Rodriguez hustling to second base. He slides in with an RBI double. Two doubles in the inning. Gauchos lead at one nothing. Here at the ballpark on the Central Coast. First pitch to Mortensen is driven to right field. Back is Jorgensen. He's going to turn and watch it fly. Solo homer Mortensen on the first pitch. A line drive. Home run number 14 for Brock as he takes the handoff for Matt Fontino. And the Gauchos have a 1-0 lead. 1-2 pitch. Fastball hit high in the air, left field line. Charles is going to turn and watch this one fly. A grand slam for McLean O'Connor. And that's the big swing that the Gouchers have been searching for. O'Connor delivers. Yeah, on senior weekend as well. What a nice thing for him and the Gauchos. That pitch was down in the zone. It wasn't a terrible pitch. It was 91 down in the zone. But he just lowered the head, 95 mile an hour, as we see down here. He just kind of golfed it out. And with a, a decent RPI. Sprinkle bangs this to left field. Charles is back. He's going to turn and watch this one fly up over the netting. Solo homer for Sprinkle. His sixth of the season gives the Gauchos the lead. Got to pitch up with the zone. Knew just what to do with it. Exit stage left for Sprinkle. It's, it's kind of a battle of attrition in these four-game weekends. They're all nine innings. 2-2 two -two pitch is swung on and missed. And Holt strikes out 12 Ks this afternoon for Rodney Boone through seven and two-thirds. And now the top of the order, Berkey. He lost kind of his wiggle room. And he drives this to left field. Berkey is back. He's at the track. He leaps, and this one is out of here. Welcome back, Marcos Castanon, as he homers to left field. And the Gauchos have a three spot in the third. Home run number six for Castanon. And you'd love to see that if you're a Gaucho baseball player. Yeah. Wiggle room that off the back net there. You know, I've you know, I've I've said a ton about him when he was playing and he you know, he was the Gaucho's best hitter early in the year, and now you've got He's got some company up there with Sprinkle and Cummings. And and he bangs this to left center. Grossman is back. Still going back. He's going to turn. This one is gone. To the deep part of the yard, Jason Willow. Home run number six makes it 10-3. Not the Southern Conference, but Southern University out of the SWAC. McNeese from the Southland. As Cummings pulls this down the right field line, into the corner for extra bases. Sprinkle will score easily. Cummings has got thoughts of three, as Grossman has trouble digging it out. And Cummings, with an RBI triple, makes it 3-1. And Johnson drives this to left center. That's going to get down and might score three runs. Hustling around third is Willow. He's being waved around. Here comes the relay from Stevens. It's not in time. That's a three-run double by Kyle Johnson. And the Gauchos have the dagger. It's 
11-4. Check that. And that's a big swing of the bat from KJ, who has got four RBIs on the day. All right, the 1-2 pitch is strike three called right at the knees on the corner. And that does it. UCSB completes their 2021 regular season with an 11-5 win over Cal State Bakersfield here on this Sunday afternoon. With the win, UCSB finishes off the regular season with a 39-18 record, 29-11 in the Big West Conference. All right, Gouches just got picked for their fifth regional in the last eight seasons. They're headed to Tucson, and I'm standing here with associate head coach Matt Fontino, third year at the program, second regional. Are we going to count last year? Like, last year counts, right? Gouchers were going to go to a regional last year, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. We were off to a, a really good start. I like to think that we were, we were heading in the direction of getting back to the postseason. So two regionals in two years. 2019 didn't, didn't go the Gauchos' way. How does this feel compared to 2019? Because the Gauchos came out as conference champs. Yeah, definitely a little bit different, especially this morning. Um, just kind of waiting to see if, if our name was going to get called. Uh, felt like, you know, we, we did a good job over the last couple of weeks when our back was against the wall. Uh, but sometimes you just never know. Um, like you mentioned, in 19, we, you know, we, we, uh, we got the auto bid with, with being the conference champion. So we were just waiting to see where we were going. Um, but, you know, the, the vibe was a little bit different this morning because we were, you know, we were unsure of if we were going to get in and, and if so, where we were going to go. Yeah, on the ESPN broadcast, they had us in as one of the last teams in. And when you look at that, you look at the other teams that were last team in, like Alabama, the, the LSU got in, uh, but they keep Pitt out, they keep Georgia out, Baylor out. And Gouch is facing a Big 12 foe in game one, Oklahoma State. Uh, tough opponent, but a little bit of a rematch opportunity. I know it was five years ago, but essentially one of the last teams that Gouch has faced uh, in the postseason was Oklahoma State. Uh, what do you got on the Cowboys? Um, you know, you know, obviously, you know, they've 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 done enough this year to be able to get uh, back into a regional, and uh, yeah, you know, the the last time, you know, we, when we were in Omaha in 2016, you know, of course, before I was here, here with the program, that's they matched up against each other in Omaha, and uh, now we get a chance to, to match up with them again in the postseason. So it should be a good it should be a good matchup. Um, you know, we'll, get, we'll dig in on the scouting report with them as as we work in over here the next couple of days before we hop on a plane and uh, really excited to, to get a chance to get out there and compete in Tucson. Other two teams in the regional, Arizona, the Pac-12 champs, and then Grand Canyon out of the WAC, the Western Athletic. It's their first Division One postseason appearance for the Antelopes. Two good teams. So you got two conference champions in the regional. Gauchos faced Arizona, oh, and I think it was in 2014. Haven't seen Grand Canyon before, so it should be interesting. A little different than the vibes from the Sanford Regional in 19 because those were all four California teams, and generally we're fairly familiar with the California teams because you recruit the same players and you might play each other during the season. And the three other teams in the regional, Oklahoma State, Grand Canyon, and Arizona, I believe Grand Canyon played both Arizona and Oklahoma State, so they're all familiar with each other somewhat. And so the Gauchos are kind of the maybe the odd man out in, in that regional. Maybe give the UCSB an advantage. Yeah, you know it's uh, you know when you when you you're playing against people that you you haven't seen before. There's always a little bit of an unknown. You know, of course, with video and, and all that stuff nowadays. There's a 
it's a little bit different from a scouting standpoint. But yeah, maybe we're a little bit of a wild card in, in, from that standpoint because you know they haven't seen us and we haven't seen them. Um, but you know, you know, you know, with with Arizona, which was another uh, a matchup from the 2016 Omaha team. That's right. Um, I, in Omaha. Good catch there. I forgot about um, that. <laughs> but uh, and then Grand Canyon, you know, both both well coached teams, and uh, you know, I've I've played against uh, both those teams in 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 the past, and both well coached teams and. You know, I'm sure they'll be ready to go as as we will be. Yeah, of course. When you get to the postseason, you're going to play uh, the best of the best, uh, the best 64 teams in the eyes of the NCAA make it to the tournament, and the Gouches are one of those teams along with uh, UCI, the conference champs. So Big West gets two teams in. So what's the the preparation like for the week? Because you got to travel and you get to practice in Arizona limited amount of time on Thursday. So when when do the Gouches travel? You want to acclimate to the weather because it's going to be hot. You're gonna be playing a day game on Friday. Like, what's the approach on getting prepared for Friday? Um, you know, the first part of the week will be pretty typical for for what uh, we go through from a practice standpoint. Um, you know, we'll go through our, our, our normal practice tomorrow and somewhat of a normal practice before we hop on a plan on Wednesday, um, and then we'll get out there like you mentioned. I think we have an hour hour and fifteen minute uh, practice at at uh, Arizona's field. Um, there on Thursday uh, before we play on Friday, but you know we try to you know have it be as normal as we can for the guys. You know this isn't um, you know a different game or anything like that. It's still the game of baseball, and we got to go out there and, and play good baseball and whatnot. But uh, you know from uh, coaching and staff standpoint, a lot of caffeine, uh, a lot of late <laughs> nights scouting and uh, doing all that preparation stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, three make, three reports to go over. Yeah, yeah, three weeks of work to to do and couple days so i'm looking forward to, to diving into it and uh you know it's, i'd rather be doing that than uh you know being done with the season that's for sure so prior to being at ucsb you were at st mary's in nevada any experience at high corbett because that's uh, arizona's ballpark that's what we'll be playing this weekend and from what i remember from 2014 big yard yes. and it plays a little bit offensively just because of the heat yeah we actually when i was at st mary's we played there in 2016 um early in the season um but uh, yeah, we, uh, we we I can't remember what how we did out there, but um, a big yard plays fast, uh, you know, harder, fast infield and outfield, uh, but bigger yard. But you know, you know, it's a it's a cool stadium. Uh, you know, it's, it seats a lot of people. You know, we'll see what kind of fans and stuff we'll, we'll get there. I'm sure a lot of the families and whatnot will be traveling uh, to go see to see their kids play, which will be nice. Uh, and hopefully, some alumni and, and donors and whatnot will get out there too. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bigger yard, but it'll, it'll play a little bit offensive and, uh, it should be fun, a lot of fun. Well, God's just finishing up the year strong swinging the bats, especially, uh, the eight game winning streak sweeping Riverside and Bakersfield and the big theme the last two weeks, at least on the broadcast was the solidification of the lineup because God's just strong at the beginning of the year, felt like he had a complete lineup, maybe some guys that were new faces waiting to see what they could do like the addition of Jordan Sprinkle at the beginning you know Cole Cummings coming alive their emergence of Zach Rodriguez and when you had O'Connor out and Kassanon out you felt like you're missing two big pieces and they're back and Marcos had a great series this weekend and just from sitting up top he looked comfortable at the dish he looked ready to go just rearing to, to swing at the first pitch I knew he was going to swing at the first pitch looked like he swung out of his shoes but hit two homers had six, seven hits, drove in runs. Like he looked like the old Marcos. So, do you feel like the lineup is as strong as it's been all year long? Yeah, you know, I think so. And uh, you know, just like you and I have talked about in the past, you know, we have 
you know, our guys, our guys work extremely hard. You know, I tell them all the time, nobody works harder than us. You know, there, there's other programs and what and whatnot that that work hard and and whatnot, but our guys, uh, you know, really uh, taking hold of, you know, doing everything they can to be as good as they possibly can be. And uh, you know, it's it's not not my surprise one bit. You know, the position we put ourselves in, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been great to have. Uh, both McLean and, and Marcos back. You know, Marcos just just got back this last Friday, like you mentioned. Uh, he'd been working, and you know, we did some stuff uh, on Wednesday or Thursday off officer machines and stuff. And it just it looked like it was there. Uh, and he and he said, "I'm ready to play." And uh, obviously, he was with a good weekend. Yeah, it's Arizona, Grand Canyon, both swing the bats well. Uh, so does Arizona, uh, Oklahoma State. So there's going to be some good offense to be featured uh, this weekend. But Gouches have potential first-round pick, McGreevy. They, they got Boone, who's said, uh, let's see, the 117 strikeouts in the regular season. That's third all-time in single season. So, I mean, Gouches is well-deserving to be uh, in the regional, of course, and, and we're stoked to get the at-large bid and looking to, well, perform better than, than 2019, of course. I mean, that, that's kind of the message to the guys afterwards It's like, from Coach Shackets and from you and, and Dylan, it's like, look, we're 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 ready to to do this right. Yeah, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of guys that were on that new 2019 uh, group that a little redemption. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, they went through it, um, so they got a little bit of experience under their belt as far as you know, experiencing postseason baseball, especially on the road. Um, so hopefully that that helps us out this this weekend. Uh, but I'm really thrilled for the guys. Uh, they they all deserve it. Uh, you know, I'm sure all the alumni and donors and and whatnot out there, I'm sure, are thrilled as well. Uh, but it should, should be a lot of fun this weekend, and I'm, I'm really glad we, we can get to keep playing. Yeah, and there's going to be – I don't know if it's 100% capacity, but they're going to allow fans, of course, uh, at the regionals in in Tucson. So we expect – and this is for everybody listening out there – we expect a big contingent uh, of blue and gold out there in Arizona. Real quick, I want to touch on your postseason history as a coach. So you were at the Gouches in 19 – you went to NC State with St. Mary's. What year was that? Was that 16? 2016, yeah. Yeah, and that was the first time that St. Mary's went to the postseason yep. at Division One, And you went to a Division Two College World Series with Chico State. Mm-hmm. Do you have any secrets on performing in postseason as a coach to um, share? Oh, boy, <laughs> secrets. Uh, it's, it's nice to score a couple runs in the first inning so you can settle in. That's, Play with that, the lead. That, that always helps. Um, you know, but ultimately, you know, it's – it's who can just settle in and, and be themselves um, and just play good baseball, um, whether you're on the mound, playing defense, um, running the bases, or, or hitting. Uh, it's just, you know, sometimes the atmosphere can get to, to guys a little bit, but, you know, it's that team that kind of just settles in and, um, you know, gets, you know plays well. And then, you know, odds are there's, there's, there's somebody sneaky in there that, that pops up and just has a – has a crazy weekend and, and helps you get through that thing. Um, you know, that, 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 that sometimes happens as well. Well, the Gouchers are playing good baseball, and they've got their third best coach back. How have you felt back in the in the box uh, over their third? Uh, it's it's awesome. I, I love it over there. Um, you know, I, I felt I felt like my old self, uh, if you will, just being back in the box and a new kind of burst of energy uh, for me over there, just getting a chance to run around. And uh, my wife makes fun of me all the time because of my antics out there, but uh, that's fine. I'm energetic. Uh, I like it out there, and it's glad to be back. All right. Love to see that, and looking forward to seeing you in third-base coaching box against Oklahoma State on Friday afternoon, 1 o'clock, ESPN3. We'll have the broadcast on UCSBGouches.com. Gouches in the Tucson Regional. Let's, uh, let's go win a regional. Awesome. Go Gauchos.
All right, UCSB Analytics is here. The 2021 regular season has come to a close, and we just finished up watching the selection show. Gauchos picked to be the three seed in the Arizona Regional. Arizona, the five overall seed, and the Gauchos will be there along with Grand Canyon and Oklahoma State. But let's quickly recap the Bakersfield series and pass out some awards and share some thoughts because it was a big weekend and a lot of important things happened as uh, we welcome back Marcos Castanon, Ronnie Boone won Big West Pitcher of the Week, and the Gauchos finished strong eight-game winning streak going into the postseason, finishing 39-18, and 29-11 in the Big West Conference, finishing in second place and with an RPI at 51. Lots of great things uh, this year, a sensational year for UCSB, for the pitching staff, the offense, Coach Jackets, analytics, Dylan Jones, Matt Fontino, Spencer Urban, everybody involved, uh, a sensational year. So let's break down Bakersfield, the series, with David and Spencer. Lots of hits and lots of runs and lots of strikeouts for the Gauchos. So I think it might be my turn to lead off for Player of the Week. Yeah, yeah, it is. For player of the week. So I will start with Marcos Castanon. First weekend back, and he's going to get my player of the week nod. Seven for 16, five runs scored, two homers, five RBIs. He looked great from the get-go. I mean, his first at-bat, he lined the second pitch that he saw basically to the center field wall. And... Homered in two games, uh, homered in his second game back. He had a hit in an RBI in his first game back, hit 438 on the weekend, slugged 813. And just having his presence in the lineup really makes the the dynamic from top to bottom change because he is, without question, probably the Gaucho's best hitter. I mean, he definitely was when he went down a couple months ago and missing 33 games and coming back and perform like he did over the weekend is is pretty special. And so he's going to be a huge factor and a huge boost for the Gauchos going into the postseason. So he'll probably be a comeback player of the week as well, maybe later on in the podcast, but he's my player of the week as well. So Marcos Castanon, uh, great to have you back. Looking forward to chatting you, chatting to you about your at-bats and seeing you in a regional. So uh, good for you. And um, yeah, having him and, and O'Connor back, huge. So Spencer or David, who's next? Who's next? David? Spencer? Uh, did I go first last week? Cause we did the snake draft last week. So I guess I moved to third <laughs> in the order. So Tilly's up. Okay. Uh, just, add, just to add on to that. Marcos came in on that 11 game hitting streak, uh, before he was injured and now he's up to 15 on that as well. So again, it was great to see Marcos back in the lineup. Uh, there's a lot of guys here. This is kind of tough. Uh, I'm going to go with Jordan Sprinkle. Just, he led the team with average, uh, hitting 500 this weekend. He slugged. 1.125 on the weekend. Ended up hitting two home runs as well to match Marcos. Uh, four doubles for Jordan Sprinkle. Some of those maybe should have been singles, but uh, he's got wheels. He added three stolen bases. Uh, you could call some of those singles kind of with the stolen base that turned into doubles just because taking advantage of maybe lackadaisical defense. Um, but Sprink scored eight runs for us on the weekend as well um, to go along with his eight hits. Uh, played a perfect... Uh, infield as well to go along with that with a thousand percent fielding. So Sprink had a great weekend. 
helped us cap off a great season and hopefully he'll continue what he's been doing all year for us uh, next week down in Arizona. Yeah, and four doubles as well. And he, I think he had a game where he had, he had two doubles and a homer. And one of the doubles was it was like a ground ball off of the third baseman's glove that trickled into left center and made it into a hustle double. And then another one was just to base it up the middle and he didn't stop on his way around first center fielder went to a knee and he used his speed forced the defense to make a play and he's got himself two extra bags uh, based on that. So that's, that's a great call with sprinkle. All right, Stu. Uh, well, that's the beauty of going last. Uh, Marcos and Sprink were my, uh, well, two and one respectively. I, I thought that they were an awesome presence. Uh, Kevin following up on Marcos. I think he just made everybody else better in the lineup as well. Guys are seeing the way that he's taken his at-bats against the pitching we saw. And and uh, I think the guys fed off that really well, just seeing, um, you know, how, how comfortable he was up at the plate and, and taking pitches and, you know, being okay with getting to two strikes because when he had two strikes on him, he was just as good of a hitter. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll give the nod. I'll give the pitch, nod you're the pitching guy. guy. You're the pitching guy. Uh, well, Rodney got, he got swept or he got taken off the board. And by the way, Rodney is the only pitcher to uh, have bit one big West pitcher of the week three times this year. So uh, hats off to you, Rodney. But he's, um, he's our he's our group player of the week. Then he's our group player yeah, of the week because he won a little, little willy nilly when you're taking guys off the board or not taking guys <laughs> off the board. We've gotten pretty inconsistent there. So yeah. I, I honor the the respect that Spencer gives to that when we're not allowed to take the big West player <laughs> of the week. So, um, but uh, no, hats off to Rod. That was awesome to see him um, throw as well as he did. Twelve Ks for him. KJ is going to get my um, play. It was the basis, um, the basis clearing double that he had. Um, that was clutch for KJ. He batted 400 this weekend. Um, you know, he had, uh, he got walked, he got pegged. Um, OVP was just a tick under 500, which was good for the fourth best um, this weekend. And um, I mean, he was batting, he was batting in the eight, nine spot or um, seven, eight spot this weekend. And uh, I mean, just having, having the bat, you know, having KJ hot when he's in that position, it becomes a, just a nightmare for pitchers to get through. Um, and you could see that uh, the Bakersfield guys, while it wasn't, you know, maybe their weekend, they were grinding to get through the order. Um, because if you think that you're going to be safe, you know, walking Marcos with an open base, no, you got Brock Mortensen behind and then you've got uh, Jason Willow, who also had a home run, a, you know, a big blast that we'll get to in a minute. But uh, KJ at the bottom of the order, six hits, three doubles, and seven ribbies. Um, good for the uh, the team lead this weekend. Okay, all good. Okay. Just to finish the line for Rodney Boone, got the win, which earned him 10 wins on the year, which is also – that ties him for third all-time in wins. I mean, anytime you get to 10, it's a, it's a milestone in college baseball. Uh, so that's third all-time regular season. Third all-time in career strikeouts now with 228. That's behind Bieber and Daniel Cabitis. And he's also set the uh, third highest single season strikeout total so far with 117. So a, a huge year for Boone. And here we are thinking it was going to be McGreevy setting these. 
uh, and Rod sneaks up behind him. Uh, and as two dynamite starts at the end of the year, uh, not, not taking anything away from McGreevy because he's got a, some fire on his, on his shoulder and a chip on his shoulder. He's going to bring that uh, into the regionals. Looking forward to see him, him pitch uh, on the big stage. And man, yeah, Marcos and McLean having them back in the, in the order, uh, huge. So let's go uh, moments of the week. I'm going to go with McLean's Grand Slam. <laughs> Dang it, yes. yes good call the grand plains grand slam in it was on saturday i know that and the gouges were down three two it was early in the game bakersfield uh was swinging the bats well out of the gate and i think this was in game three and uh it was his first career grand slam it was his first home run since coming back uh, even though he swung the bat well he might have hit one hard enough to get over the fence at riverside uh, but it turned into a triple, and that time he, he golfed it out of here uh, over the left field wall for the Grand Slam for O'Connor. So that that was that was fun. Uh, that's my moment of the week. Uh, David? Uh, not quite a Grand Slam. Scored a couple RBIs for my moment here, but uh, KJ's double on Sunday. Bases clearing double. Ended up uh, kind of putting the game away. It was still close kind of in the works there, uh, but tacking on three in the eighth inning, I believe on Sunday, um, kind of, kind of iced the game for us and allowed us to, uh, to finish off the weekend on a high note. So I'm going to go with, uh, with that for my moment of the week. Spencer. Uh, moment of the week. It's going to be uh, Marcus's first home run. Um, just having that one, you know, it, we knew we knew he had the, the power to do it, obviously, but um, it's like he it's like he never never left, never uh, never missed a beat. Um, and he, like you said, had an incredible weekend. Um, but the uh, the first home run that he had, I'm sure it was a, a sweet trip around the bag for him because he's been he's been itching to get back. And um, when he did finally get a chance to go, he made it count. So uh, having him in the four hole this weekend was um, just awesome. And he was, uh, he was putting loud contact. I don't think, I think one game he had uh, every single, every single hit that he had was over 95 miles an hour. Just watching the, um, the track man numbers, I think on uh, game one of the five hard hit balls, he had number one, three and five. Um, so he was lighting up the leaderboards, which we'll get into here in a bit. Yeah, and probably I think his, his second home run was probably more impressive than the first one. I off the bat, I didn't think it was. I thought it was in the gap. I didn't know it was going to go over the fence. It's hard to hit it out to to that corner of the yard in left center, uh, but he did. And once we saw that, it was like, okay, he feels good. Yeah, he feels good. He, uh, if there's any indication that that you you have some doubt of him coming back, that was a race with with those two swings. Well, he just had a great approach. I mean, he he was talking to the coaches and, and basically said, hey, like, you know, this pitcher, he's been throwing his curveball for strikes. I think um, 12 to 13 curveballs that uh, Lee threw were for strikes. And he saw that and he'd been studying the game and he said, well, I'm going to get a curveball and I'm going to hit it. And I'm going to take a nice easy hack at it and I'm going to see how hard I can hit it. And uh, sure enough, he got it. It was a one-two curveball that just he tracked, 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 and then – Put a healthy hack to it, caught all barrel, and 
Yeah, 416 feet later, uh, Marcos has taken a nice trip around the bags. Couple honorable mentions, Brock Mortensen, two homers as well. He hit 462 on the weekends. Jason Will with the homer, as you mentioned. Corey Lewis, seven innings, 11 strikeouts, allowed just three runs uh, en route to a win. And uh, Michael McGreevy got his ninth win uh, of the season, going seven, allowing just two, walking nobody and striking out five on Friday. So Gaucho starters were strong uh, throughout the weekends. Hitting metrics, because Gauchos did hit eight home runs and there was some loud contact this weekend and we were playing at home. So we had TrackMan. So what do we got? One second. Uh, Friday night, uh, leaderboard uh, topped out at 104.8 by uh, Brock Mortensen, who hit a line drive single. I believe that was the hardest hit ball on the weekend. Was that not the home run? No. Brock's home run on Saturday was a 104.7. Uh, that was the other one. So he outdid himself with the single on Friday. Um, but like you said, tons of loud contact uh, throughout the weekend. Um, the one that stood out to me, like we've, we said it was Marcos's home run, 416 feet um, of carry out into left center there. I believe he hit it, uh, was it 102 off the bat? Oh. Uh, 100.2 off the bat. Sorry. Um, that was a big one that stood out to me. Obviously Dell's grand slam was a big one too. Um, I don't have the distance in front of me on that one there, but, um, yeah, just 389, 389 for that one. Mm -hmm. Um, but a no doubter off the bat, when you hit it towards the left field, you kind of knew that one was gone right off the bat. Um, there were a few of those this weekend. So, uh, Brock added an oppo taco to go along with a pole side home run. So kind of putting it all over the field uh, or out of the field to all yards. Um, so, yeah, it was just great to see that. Spencer, you got any pitching numbers before we get to where the Gauchos finished overall in the conference? Yeah. Um, well, I just, uh, you know, hats off to Rodney Boone. It was the fastball that was dominant. Um, he finished with a, uh, well, his, his season high, in velocity, he ticked a 90.8. Um, so he was all smiles to hear that number. Um, he was hoping to get the one, but got to throw it just a bit harder next time, Rod. Um, his changeup was, uh, was, was good. It was 13 to 17 were strikes. And um, really it was buckling guys because his fastball was so dominant that when he flipped in the changeup, it was like, you know, it threw them off balance. Um, and that's kind of been the, the wipeout pitch for him this year, just getting a bunch of swings and misses. But this time it wasn't the whiffs that he was getting with it. It was the amount of times it was called a strike. Um, and over 14 inches of separation between his average fastball and his average curve uh, changeup. And um, it, was, it was deadly. And then uh, Chris Troy tagging on a 96-mile-an-hour fastball in the save. Um, following Ronnie's eight inning performance um, and uh, pretty dominant. And then Michael McGreevy going out in his last start, uh, probably as a uh, gaucho at Caesar Wasaka Stadium, um, had himself a, a nice 94.5 mile an hour fastball. He was throwing over 70% strikes and um, got 12 uh, called strikes and five whiffs on the slider. That was good for a 51.52% um, called strike plus with percentage. 
Okay, and stats at the end of the season for the Gauchos in the conference, they led the Big West in slugging percentage, hits, runs scored, doubles, home runs, runs batted in, total uh, total bases, and stolen bases as well. And that's uh, a lot of the things that the Gauchos like doing is they put the ball in the gap, they put it over the fence, and they also like to run rampant around the bases. And then as pitching staff, Gauchos set a school record, and that is still growing because they have two more, at least two more games left with uh, 586 strikeouts as a staff. And that uh, is far and away the, uh, the most in school history, which was set uh, back in 19. It was uh, 507, I believe, is what the 2019 staff set. So Gaucho is currently at 586 strikeouts as a staff, and I'm sure that they will get past 600 uh, on the weekend. So uh, some good stuff there. Let's see. Okay, Arizona Regional. Arizona is the five seed overall. Grand Canyon is the four seed. Gauchos are the three, and they will be playing against Oklahoma State out of the Big 12, who is the two seed. They were 35-17-1 overall, 12-12 in the Big 12 Conference. They played both Grand Canyon and Arizona during the regular season. Or was it Grand Canyon that played Oklahoma State and Arizona? It was Grand Canyon, yes, that played the two others. But Oklahoma State, they're a talented bunch. They can hit. They have a a guy who's from the Bay Area, in fact, Christian Encarnacion Strand, who's got 15 home runs on the season, 17 doubles, He's got uh, 79 hits, slugging 674 and batting 362. That's pretty strong. And then on the pitching side of things, their top arm, Justin Campbell, 7-1 record, 2.08 ERA, 100 strikeouts in 78 innings. So my guess is that's who we're going to see on Friday is Justin Campbell, unless he – I've also heard that he might not pitch Fridays. So we'll see. Who we're gonna face? I think. What was the other option? Who who might might face on Friday from Oklahoma State? Uh, they've got uh, they've got a couple of guys. Uh, Parker Scott was one of the names. Uh, Justin Robleski uh, was another one. Teams are always a little bit different when you get into regionals. You try and play matchups a little bit differently. So we'll be prepared for whoever they throw. The interesting thing with uh, Campbell is that he's a two way guy. So he is also a left-handed bat that usually will DH for them when he's not pitching. Um, so he's definitely going to be uh, somebody that we want to prepare for. But um, it'll just be nice to get out of California. So, uh, I guess we went to Hawaii, but uh, you know, to get uh, out of California, get to see some teams um, from around uh, the country as well, and to you know, um, get to show basically the the rest of the country what what we can do. Yeah, Gauchos, last time they were there in Arizona was in 2014 where they played a round-robin tournament with Mississippi State and the Wildcats and fared pretty well. I think they went 3-1 and one, uh, back in 2014. Let's see. Oklahoma State, they won two games against Grand Canyon at home and then tied. Probably that ended probably with a travel curfew. And then... The Antelopes, so they are the WAC champions, Grand Canyon. 
39, 19, and one. It's their first ever appearance in the Division I NCAA tournament. They split midweek games with Arizona. They won 5-4 in extra innings, and they lost 13-2. So they are familiar with Arizona. Uh, and, of course, Grand Canyon is in the state of Arizona. I believe it's in the Phoenix area. And then Arizona, the champs out of the Pac-12, they're tough. They've been in the top 10 pretty much the whole season. 40 and 15 overall uh, looking at their lineup. It's kind of similar to similar numbers to what Louisville had when the Gauchos went and played them in 2016. They're going to, you're going to see a lineup with eight or nine guys batting over 300 uh, offensively, but, uh, but they will give up some runs They're They got team ERA in the mid fours and uh high Corbett is an offensive ballpark. Um, but it's, it should be fun. I mean, Every regional is fun, but we want to cast aside the two and Q thoughts from 2019. Man, there's a different attitude going into going into this one, I think, because it was, you know, we didn't know if we were going to pick or not this morning. There was some doubt, and now it's uh, we're in, and it's all right. We got something to prove. I don't know if uh, that's what you have in your thought process, you guys, but that's kind of the way I feel. It's like we're out here to prove that we belong here. More, more so than not. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself, Kev. I think uh, you know, this morning it was it was awesome that uh, we we finish out the way we finish out the season the way that we needed to um, because the Vash just kept getting better and better in the last eight games that we played, and um, you know having having those eight in a row under our belt gives us a lot of confidence going in because um, you know it's it's about who plays the best baseball in June, and uh, here we are. It's May 31st now and postseason, it all starts tomorrow with practice. Um, so I think everyone's going to be ready to, to start getting after it. And then um, only time will tell, got to prove it. And I do want to add my broadcast partner this weekend, Bob Bronsma, he got all 64 teams correct in his bracket prediction. He got all 64 teams right. So uh, <laughs> well done, Bronz. Now, last question is, are we bringing Catan? No. What? Catan will not be brought. It's a business trip. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Scouting reports take priority. Scouting reports take priority. Good busy right. week. Well, I just, I think this past weekend, I think it was the most complete performance from the Gauchos all season. I think offensively, pitching and defensively it was the most complete performance i don't know if you guys agree with me or not but it just seemed like every time bakersfield was looking like they were going to get in it gouches made a play made a pitch got themselves up to bat and scored a run it just it seemed like they they gave no wiggle room whatsoever uh for cal state bakersfield except maybe in like the seventh or eighth inning yesterday but they worked through it they had a lead and got the outs uh, and finished off the deal. So I thought it was a complete performance, and that's great moving forward, especially when you get guys like O'Connor back, casting on back, Boone's pitching well, McGreevy's pitching well. And it's just yeah. go out and play the games. Absolutely. And yesterday I thought it was maybe the, the closest that it had been, just um, the way Bakersfield was looking. <clears throat> but like you said, when you're playing that clean baseball, um, yesterday – 
Bakersfield had five errors and we didn't have any. And uh, when you're playing clean baseball, the baseball guys reward you with uh, a line drive to the pitcher that ricochets off the glove, <laughs> off the dome. And you could uh, say that, that was probably the player of the week right there. That is, that is one of the standout <laughs> plays of the week. But then you got McLean O'Connor there to, because, uh, you know, never a doubt that he was going to make a play there. And uh, he catches that little deflection and doubles him off. That's, um, I couldn't have drew it out better myself. Yeah. Cole Cummings had some diving catch. He had Kurtley making a diving catch and left first time seeing action in left field in, in a couple months. Uh, and he looked like he had been playing out there all year long. So, and, and KJ was some great footwork at first base. He made a couple diving stops on Friday. He had that, that nice play where he had to strafe the base into foul territory on the throw from a greedy uh, Michael couldn't catch the ball, but he, <laughs> he kept it in front or close enough to his person so that he could scramble and use his athletic ability to make a play at first. But four balls hit back to him and he didn't feel a single one cleanly. And we got to we got to rouse him for that. So he's going to go four for four this weekend. So balls hit back to him. Uh, okay. We're Tucson bound. Got lots of work to do. Uh, this is, will not be the last podcast of the year. Definitely won't. So uh, it's been a fun ride so far, and we're going to keep it going. So uh, David and Spencer, we'll see you in AZ. Thanks, Kev. Well, see you at the yard tomorrow, but yes. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> you know what I was trying to do there. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, big thanks to our sponsor, Kyle's Kitchen. Check them out in Goleta, Santa Barbara, and Isla Vista. And thank you to a guy with the truck, Junk Removal, 805-689-1413. Big thanks to Matt Fontino, of course, and David and Spencer. It's going to be a busy week. Going to be a busy week. Lots to prepare for to cover all your bases when preparing for a regional where you got three teams. You don't necessarily know who you're going to play in game two. And it's a short window uh, against unfamiliar opponents. So a lot of work is going to go into this week. But we are very excited, and this team is locked and loaded, healthy and ready to go. So tune in ESPN3 on Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific from Tucson. Gauchos will be the visiting team against the Cowboys from Oklahoma State. And then uh, you can also listen to that game with Spencer and I on ucsbgouches.com. be great to have you tune in uh, for that game and all the games throughout the weekend. So exciting time. Looking forward to the regional in Tucson. And uh, it's a great day to be a gaucho. So uh, we'll see you next week and potentially in Tucson. <laughs>